Hey there, I'm Scott Bertram, and I'm the director of the Hillsdale College Podcast Network. This show and all the other shows on the network are listener-supported. That means we hope for, we count on, frankly, we rely on the support of listeners like you to make our educational outreach possible. One of the best and most convenient ways to do so is joining the Liberty and Learning Society. That's our exclusive monthly giving group. And in this month of March, we are looking for 300 new members of the Liberty and Learning Society. When you join, you'll help defend liberty through education, and you'll make shows like this one possible far into the future. All you have to do is visit hillsdale.edu slash monthly and complete the secure online donation form. If you need to pause or stop your gift at some point, no problem. Just call us. One of our friendly students or staff will help you. But today, will you be one of the 300 new members of the Liberty and Learning Society in March? Go to hillsdale.edu slash monthly to join the Liberty and Learning Society today. Help us bring these shows to you and other Americans at hillsdale.edu slash monthly. Welcome to Hillsdale College's Classical Education Podcast, bringing you insight into classical education and its unique emphasis on human virtue and moral character, responsible citizenship, content-rich curricula, and teacher-led classrooms. And now your host, Scott Bertram. Thanks for listening. You can find more information on topics and ideas discussed on this show at our website, k12.hillsdale.edu. That's k 12 hillsdale.edu. We're joined today by Ian Atherton, a literature teacher at Golden View Classical Academy in Golden, Colorado. We talk today about teaching 11th graders. Ian, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. How long have you been uh, teaching 11th graders? Uh, you know, only three years, which uh, it sounds short when I say it, but it feels like it's been uh, eons. <laughs> so what's your experience been in those three years? You know, 11th graders are, in my opinion, the best students to teach. Um, it is just such a delightful, fulfilling year. Um, so I've got all good things to say about it. I could go all day long. <laughs> well, let me ask you more directly. Where do you where, where do you find them in their in their process? Because you know they're a year away from 12th grade. They're a year year away from heading to the next level, or maybe a job, but. Uh, certainly thinking about college, is it's on their mind at this point, maybe doing visits. They, there's a lot of things happening around 11th grade. How do you find that they are managing all of those variables? Yeah, you know, they're over this this hump in, in their high school experience. where So they're no longer sophomores, which means they, they, they've passed the 50% mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, sophomores, they, they have this kind of youthful... Uh, petulance sometimes where uh, if they're not on board with the classical education thing uh, they can indulge in wanting to be somewhere else you know I want to go to this school or this uh, the neighborhood school where I'm not going to have to read so much or write so much for juniors um, that's largely gone away because they've been here now for the majority of their high school experience and mm-hmm. they really just have to dig in and make something of it um, so kind of the the natural makeup of the year, forces them into this new kind of beautiful maturity of taking the situation that they're standing in and making something good of it. At the same time, you've got the pressure of graduation on the other end. Unlike seniors, though, they know it's coming. Like, it's this distant reality. But the clock hasn't started ticking yet. Um, 
And so juniors are ready to, to hit the ground in September running. They're ready to get to work. I actually think they're the most efficient, interesting students for that reason a lot of the time. I don't know. Would you use the phrase mature? Do you think they are more mature than those freshmen and sophomores? Is there is there a significant difference between those grades and, and 11th grade? Absolutely. Yeah, I, there, there's something patently uh, youthful about, um, I, you know, being a, a freshman or a sophomore because you don't really have yet to uh, to dig in and make something of, of, of the spot that you're in. Um, you can uh, <laughs> you can be kind of thankless towards your school. You can you can wish that you were somewhere else. Um, and just like I was saying earlier, juniors uh, they have to change in that way. So it is it's this uh, it's this beautiful kind of maturity that I, I think I'd call it. Um, you know, they're civically minded. Hmm. What do you think that your students expect out of that school year, that that junior year, that eleventh grade year? What do they want from you? What do they want from the classroom? As a junior, I can remember um, for, from my own experience, starting to ask some hard questions about you know, how do I live a meaningful life? Uh, I, I went to a very good high school um, in a uh, little, actually a little south of uh, Golden View in Colorado. Um, and we read very good books. And I started to ask the question, you know, what is this all about? Why do we read this? And I was sad uh, that we never had that conversation. It took mm. me until coming to Hillsdale, actually, to, to figure it out. Um, so that question is on their mind, and it's on their mind more powerfully when they turn 17. So I think what they're looking for in, in a teacher and in a classroom uh, is not just to experience the books, but to understand why the experience of reading them is objectively good and pleasing and beautiful. An understanding, perhaps, at this point, too, um, on their behalf, of what what they think a classroom should be, uh, a place to ask questions and a place to perhaps find some answers. But that's sort of building up to what they're able to do at this at this stage. Yeah, the um, you know, is the, the, their expectations for what the classroom experience is are evolving, and they're becoming more they're becoming more realistic just uh, i guess their sense of what this relationship between student and teacher and class and student should mm -hmm, be is mm -hmm. becoming more human and more real you know the the experience of sitting in a classroom and being taught by somebody is kind of artificial what the juniors are expecting then is this kind of intellectual friendship right um and so they they want to engage with you as um, you know almost as equals and give their thoughts and test out you know how how their thoughts and feelings are uh, you know whether they're tenable in the thing that we're reading. You teach literature. What are some of the big questions that tend to arise you know in the course of going through your material, your books, whatever you're, you're having happening to read at the time? What are those questions that tend to come up year after year about not just the work, but how it perhaps relates to life and learning? Mm -hmm. What is the nature of art is my favorite one uh, that, that we ask just persistently across that junior year. Um, so we're reading people who say wildly, you know, radically different things about it. Uh, we start off the year with Ralph Waldo Emerson, this eminent American thinker who 
is very opposed to the idea of um, Americans imitating anything from Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, we should leave that behind and forge our own uh, our own traditions. And uh, for a seventeen-year-old, that's very appealing. <laughs> uh, on the other end of the the spectrum, we read uh, T.S. Eliot, uh, somebody who's very reverential of, of Europe and its traditions, and he's uh, he's on board with camping out and continuing to make something of what we've had for these last millennia. And that's more of a challenge to the, the, to, to the students. Um, it's not so uh, independent as they, they tend to prefer. Um, nevertheless, I mean, it's both of those thinkers and everybody else in between are answering questions that are lingering on these students' minds, which is, what is this all about? And why is it that these books, Moby Dick, The Scarlet Letter, are you know, supposedly, according to you, teacher, better than mm-hmm. the things that we might read on Saturday night. What are perhaps one or two things that you really hope that students are able to understand by the time they're done with 11th grade? I think the main thing is that a, a school is not just a, a place of exchange, um, that it is, it is really a human community. And teachers aren't simply here to make a paycheck or to, uh, <laughs> you know, um, engage in acts of slave driving or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, you know, the teachers are there uh, almost secondarily because they love their subjects. It is, I, I do really love literature. Um, primarily, though, we, we're there because we love the students. Um, it's just a fact of youth that you can't always see that. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the most beautiful, difficult acts of patience that a teacher has to be, has, has to maintain. Because um, a lot of times he'll, he'll see students leave his care and just, they, they won't know how, how dearly he cares for them. That's why it's uh, really rewarding to teach 11th graders, though, because they wake up to it. Mm-hmm. In, in April and May, happens every time where there's this new warmth and friendship it just like you know opens up on the classroom like the sun um so delightful yeah let's let me ask a little more about that do you see that behavior or not so much personality i guess but how they change from the beginning to the end of the year when yes the very next step is that 12th grade that 12th grade year is now in their grasp come april and may yeah we so um the last day of class uh we go outside, and uh, Golden View has uh, these, these beautiful dogwood trees that grow up in front of the school. Um, and we, we sit under them, and we read this poem. Uh, so the, the curriculum is American literature, but it's an Irish, uh, Seamus Heaney. It's, uh, he, he's an Irishman. Um, and it's about picking blackberries. Um, and I just said, you know, it's like, how does this apply to my life, and why are we reading it on the last day of, of junior year? Uh, well, it's about a thing coming to fruition. And if you know anything about blackberries, um, they're only at fruition for a very short period of time. And, uh, you know, it's kind of the symbol of their senior year. They've now matured. Uh, if, if they've been with us for a long time, um, they've grown up a lot in our care. And senior year is the time to implement all of that. And so you are... It's kind of crude to say, but you're ripe. Mm. Um, you're, in a, in a sense, finished. And it comes to an end so quickly. 
um, this is just it's a beautiful day of class um, as you always start off and you're uh, your more skeptical students are like um, I'm excited <laughs> to get out of here and there's one more year by the end of the day it's the most skeptical ones who uh, you know they're shedding the most tears it's beautiful <laughs> Ian Atherton is with us from Golden View Classical Academy in Golden Colorado talking uh, 11th grade and, and literature you mentioned a few authors previously are there particular works that really resonate with your students on a, on a year in year out basis there are um you know the the big demon in the year is uh, is Moby Dick, um, and I you know I say it's demonic. Um, <laughs> it it is very memorable, especially if you have a class that's willing to dig in and really work with it. Um, finishing that and enjoying it is an accomplishment. Um, we talk about that a lot. To simply enjoy this very difficult thing, it's, it's hard and it's something that not a lot of people can do. Um, so if that one goes well, it's the highlight of the year. Let me ask, I've talked to some literature people here at Hillsdale and the debate about the great American novel, right? And and some will say Moby Dick is the great American, the great American novel. As 11th graders, can they appreciate what they're reading? Can, by the end, would some of them say, yeah, I understand why this would be considered the great American novel. Can you do that in a, in a classroom setting as opposed to maybe reading when it's not an assignment? Yeah. The important thing is that the question is starting to, is in their mind. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's something that I, I hope will sit with them for a long, long time. The conversation of the year is you know, directed toward what is the nature of art? What is, what is the nature of American art? And we never really hazard a hard answer because we have you know, Melville saying his own thing, Emerson saying another you get Mark Twain in there saying something totally different uh, with, with Huckleberry Finn. Talk about two very different novels, Huck Finn and Moby <laughs> Dick. Can, can you recall one of the more unusual or strange conversations you might have had with your 11th grade students about a particular piece of work, one that wasn't on your agenda, but they sort of drove that conversation? I, you know, it's a hard question. I... <laughs> The problem with these students is that they're pretty tactful. You know, they, they've grown up and they really know how to conduct themselves. Mm -hmm. um, I, I taught fifth grade once upon a time, and uh, they don't know how to conduct themselves. <laughs> Tons of fun there. Um, and so the problem with these 11th graders is that the person doing the ridiculous things in the classroom is often me. It's just a... It's a... <laughs> it's a numbers game, the, the way that the... Uh, the the total minutes talked in the classroom worked out, well, I'm going to spend about 3% of them saying something sure. ridiculous. Um, so, Sadly, I could give you too many stories about <laughs> myself. <laughs> when, you, when you were teaching these works, are, are you reading along with them every single year? Are you re re revisiting that work every single time that you, that you teach it? I, with my colleagues, uh, we often lament that we thought that a few years into this, it would get easier. Um, and you would just know what happens in the book and not need to, to refresh. You could do other things. Uh, that's not the case. Uh, I have to, every day, do just as much reading as my students and a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not doing that, then I am uh, so far outside of this discussion and just so badly unable to engage with them that I just failed my job that day. <laughs> For anyone listening who might be interested in Going into teaching and perhaps at this level, this 11th grade level, what would you say 
uh, that they should know? And, and what would you say to perhaps encourage them to, to follow that path? They should know first and foremost that this is uh, a tremendously rewarding year. They should also consider um, getting a vision of, of what this looks like in the earlier years. Because until you've seen that, um, and until you've dealt with the foibles and follies and uh, just the sheer delight of a younger student, you won't really know why a junior, or even a senior for that matter, is special. Um, I think new teachers, uh, it, it can be a real threat, their vanity, that they want to work only mm. with the older students because they're the ones who are more capable. Well, if you want to go right there and do just that, I'm afraid you're missing out on a, uh, a whole lot of what, what's best in, in what we do. Ian Atherton from Golden View Classical Academy in Golden, Colorado, talking 11th grade and literature. Ian, thanks so much for joining us here on the Hillsdale College Classical Education Podcast. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me. I'm Scott Bertram. We invite you to like us on Facebook. Search for Hillsdale College K-12 Classical Education. You also can follow us on Instagram at Hillsdale underscore K-12. Hillsdale underscore K-12 on Instagram. Thank you for listening to the Hillsdale College Classical Education Podcast. Mm-hmm.